Murphy, host of Out There, here on Valley Free Radio. Tune in for stories from the streets and paths of Northampton and beyond, Fridays from 4 to 5 p.m. Get out if you can, but if you can't get out, tune in. We don't care if we live out of state. We don't care if we live a bit late. Gonna make us in every you on my rocking bicycle. Yep, and it is Friday, Friday, August 18th, 2023. I'm live in the studio, as usual. The time to go live comes, and I like my mind goes blank. Oh, you know, some people write notes for those types of situations. I do have notes, but I just sometimes blank and forget to look at them. <laughs> well, anyway, for today's show, according to my notes, I have uh, some recorded pieces. One is from Cliff Notes, actually, last name Notes, spelled N O T E Z. I ran into Cliff when he was installing a new installation. Uh, a new, a new, well, yeah, a new installation in the in a tiny art box on the rail trail by State Street and the path. And who else today? I have Satish. Satish was a warm showers guest that we had last weekend. Who was biking? Warm showers is an online traveling cyclist hospitality network. Satish was traveling from New York to Boston on a folding bike. One roundabout through Northampton and Colerain and have a little interview from Satish about making some extra change and getting exercise redistributing city bikes for the bike share program in New York City. I have, uh, I may have a few rants, maybe one about weed whackers. That one's pretty short. I may have one about consumer lies. Uh... I may have something to say about crashes and more. What more? Well, let's start with this. Coming down Elm Street, doing my trash rounds today. I saw the ghost bike was back up on the corner of Woodlawn and Drought 9, where Charlie Brown Brown was run over and killed a couple years ago. And it made me think about all the other all the places around town where there have been ghost bikes, like on the intersection of Lamatuck and Hinkley. I have forget that man's name, but I used to see him ride his bike around, or like where Meg got killed and run over, run over and killed by Smith College on Elm Street, or where that young man who was only 18 got run over and killed in the intersection of Main Street and King. My housemates saw that crash. It makes me think of all the places where animals get run over and killed. It makes me think of that crash Tuesday on Route 9 in Haydenville. The driver, Eddie Duggan, was killed. And like if there was a memorial, a ghost squirrel, a ghost bike, a ghost rabbit, ghost possum, ghost car, ghost crow, ghost turtle, everywhere along the road where someone's gotten or some living creature has died the whole road would be like 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 the bridge of flowers in in shelburne falls and who could go fast going down one of those things you would just have to sort of pick your way along i've seen and heard cyclists or seen or heard cyclists get with my own eyes i'm sorry i meant to say get hit years on at least three occasions by cars 
since I've been living in Northampton, and I've come across the scene at least once, probably more. I do not want to die today. I don't recommend that for anyone else either. So please pay attention when you're driving, biking, walking, driving. I've seen so many cars go by me and then after they pass me on my bike, swerve over like and crossing into the bike lane. Um, I say I've seen the car, I mean, like there's motorists inside, I think. So normally I would say motorists and not cars, but all I see is the car. Be careful, please be careful. Coming down. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I have another request too to society's death and that's to quit paving. Because like we heard in last week's interview on Out There with Mayor Gina Louise, Shara, and city planner Carolyn Mish, paving, repaving, repaving of roads, you make them smooth and then people go fast. I go fast on a bicycle if it's smooth. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, paving in general, it keeps happening. It keeps happening. Driveways, back to garages. I think we need to be de-paving because paving is just choking the earth in so many ways with the heat retention and the baking it and, and the impermeability of the water and just the sun hits it and it cooks and it cooks the trees and the plants that are around it and then it floods because the water can't even absorb and the earth can't breathe and there's no life there just a swath of death pavement that's what pavement is where was i next uh, out there i know what i wanted to talk about e-bikes so i've been using an e-bike this week so i have this e-bike you may have seen me around town if any uh, listeners are uh, out and about. So I have this e-bike. I got it I got it for $400 from a friend. I got it for my friend Dwayne because his e-bike, well, he's got pretty developed cancer and is not able to ride a normal bike anymore. So I hooked up an e-bike for him, but then it was having some trouble and I didn't have time to fix it. So I was on my way to Kentucky like a month ago, two months ago. And so I didn't want to leave him without wheels. So I bought an e-bike for $400 off of Craigslist from a friend. The fastest way I could drop him off an e-bike before I caught the bus to Kentucky. And then when I got back from Kentucky, fixed up his bike and he gave me the e-bike back. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, uh, I got to figure out what to do with it now. But this past week for me has been very busy over busy because I've been dog sitting in Leeds and going back and forth between like my house in Florence and Leeds I don't know like three times a day or something so I've been using this e-bike essentially as a car I've been I've been driving it I've been driving it fast I pedal but it gives me a big boost and and I don't know I'll probably go like 20 to 25 miles an hour on it and so I'm culturally observing how it feels to me and what it means to me and how it shifts my ways of thinking. The thing I appreciate about it is that even though it doesn't, yeah, I don't go that much faster. I don't like to go that much faster. I don't really like to go faster than maybe 20 miles an hour, but it saves me energy. So I'm not just like tired, tired. 
I've noticed that I do when I do go faster than say 18 to 20 miles an hour, maybe maybe even 17. I don't know. Just moving past things, moving through a space that quickly is a little disorienting to me. I don't really have time to look at things, notice things, smell things, hear things. All I hear is the wind in my ear and it's harder to hear the birds and the squirrels and the chipmunks and such. And I also can't stop very easily. Like if I see a glove on the side of the road or a piece of trash or something that I want to pick up or a bungee cord, I'm like already gone by by the time I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, maybe I should. Oh, yeah. Let me stop and go back and get that. And it's like too late. And then there's also I am not constantly aware of efficiency with the e-bike. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, I can I can go there and do that first or make a special trip. I don't know. I just am more likely to make an individual trip for something instead of trying to combine all of my errands in one. And, you know, you really... And, and, and I choose different routes because I can go uphill with less personal effort than a normal bike. What else was I going to say? Well, hopefully I'll get back to my normal routine after I finish off this week of dog sitting three miles from my house. And hopefully I'll have my normal routine where it's built around moving a little more at a human pace and hopefully not just trying to do too much all the time. Um, a road bike is a great invention, invention if it works for your body. Next on Out There, I will play. Here's the interview with Cliff. Doo, 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 doo. So it's Saturday, August 12th, 2023. I'm riding on the bike path on my way to the bike lab. And I saw someone working on the art box. Actually, I saw I saw you when I was riding up from town early this morning, And but I was kind of... Have I been here that long? <laughs> well, I, it wasn't very much long ago, but I was kind of in a rush and I was like, oh, let me schedule time to talk with him on my way back into town. But, and you're still here, so can you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Cliff Notes. I'm an artist from Boston, Massachusetts. And you're working on this art box, the new installation for the box by State Street and Stop and Shop. How, yeah. How did you find out? How did you get connected with this? How are you doing this project? Um, well, I'm just kind of a person that's looking for new challenges and new things to do with my artwork. I actually found this through some work I was doing with the Mass Cultural Council, and they had posted some stuff on the site, and they were doing these tiny art galleries. I just finished an installation last summer on the seaport, and uh, uh, I have a lot of artwork that from that that has just been sitting in my storage, and I was like, what can I do? And I was like, well, let's do this little tiny version of it. But then uh, they started, they asked for like some type of interactive portion to it, and I rethought everything and huh. still partly my artwork, it's still a lot of my artwork, but I also wanted to incorporate the rest of the world's artwork, whoever else wants to come by and enjoy what's happening here. Hi, George. Hey, George. Don't let me stop. And I wanted to get a, a shot of you at work for our Instagram and social media. Perfect. Would you mind? Not at all. All right. <laughs> it's, it's like I wasn't here if there wasn't a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of that Kente cloth motif. A little really? bit. 
A little bit? Yeah. We were going for more, uh, remember those old Coogee sweaters? I like to call them the Coogee sweaters because the person who made them famous is kind of a bad person. Oh. Uh, but he had this show called The Cosby Show. Oh, yeah. But those sweaters are really important to me, so we kind of tried to recreate nice. those patterns. I live right down the street to Ruthie and I'll keep an eye on this box. So the biggest thing I would love to know is, I mean, I put a certain amount of paper in here, yeah. and I'm hoping that there's probably like 150 sheets of paper yeah. here. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that it can run out, and if it does, yeah. sometime between now and October, I'll come back up here and reload that. Okay. There's probably something that someone around here can manage to do. We could do that for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like coming out here though. I know. So. One box says, go wild. Yep. The other box says, for those not so wild. I really want to open those boxes and figure out what is in there. Go ahead. It's, okay. uh, it's pretty cool. So for those not so wild, oh, I'm going like... a bunch of stencils. Stencils, I see. So there's a major flower thing in the idea of yeah. what being wild means. Uh-huh. And I think there can be negative connotations around it, but I also think that there's more of a beautiful confrontation around, especially when we're thinking about nature. Uh-huh. And I would love for people to stop, think about that, and then internalize that. And I mean, the way I internalize things is by getting my hands on uh -huh. physically trying to recreate. So yeah. ideally, somebody else would have that similar experience. Yeah. That was Cliff Notes, N-O-T-E-Z, and uh, Cliff has, he does, he's also a musician with a Instagram page, Facebook page, uh, all those things, website, all those things. Yeah, I was listening to his, some of his music, but I didn't get a chance to cue it up. He's a really talented guy. And the art box, sad to say, the little boxes that he had, the um, well, the one that said, for those not so wild, had the stencils in it. The little box that said, go wild. I think that had crayons or colored markers or something of all different colors. But last time I went by the box, I think both of the boxes were gone. There was just some paper and a pen or pencil in there. So I wrote something. There's still lots of things you can do with that. You're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. I'm Ruthie Woodring. I'll play Andy Grammer. So, just 
Get all you can before you get old, 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 old. So I bought it all and took out a loan. But now that I'm here, got nothing to show, 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 show. So pray for my, pray for my, pray for my soul. I got a, got a disease in his soul. Caught it so easy like a common cold. Oh, ooh, ooh. Tossing and tossing and turning around. Trying and trying to sweat it all out. Kicking the habit that's pulling me down. I think I missed it, I was chasing money I don't wanna be 85 singing Whoa, no, I got a big house But my heart is ugly Can't take it with ya And your whip ain't gon' miss ya So wipe off that window And see the bigger picture now I don't wanna be 85 singing Whoa, no, I think I missed it I was chasing money But my heart is ugly I don't wanna be 100% more ginger than original. Now, first of all, tell me it has zero sugar and no sugar and no alcohol. I don't know. I'm more interested in what it does have. Well, how can it be beer and not have alcohol? I don't know. It does have, the ingredients are water, sparkling filtered water, but water. And then it's got erythritol and stevia leaf extract and monk fruit extract water and i don't know concentrated processed all natural well fake sweetened sweet tasting things well don't get me started about shipping water by truck when water flows pretty well with gravity and some pumping next we have this says juice bomb 
Northeastern IPA. Store cold, drink fresh. Juice bomb. It's a beer. How much juice is there actually in here? Is there actually juice in here? Or is it a beer? Does juice turn into beer? I don't know. It's a store cold, drink fresh. I'm sorry, but something that's packed in a can is not really fresh, in my opinion. Next we have Canada Dry. It's not dry. It's it's a can of water. First ingredient is water. Water high fructose corn syrup. Mm, that's not dry. What else do we have? Honeybee Thai Tea Drink. Ingredients, water, pea leaf extract, sugar, and non-dairy creamer, glucose, palm kernel oil, sodium caseinate, and FDNC yellow number six. Is that really an improvement on fresh water? Now we have, this I found in the, in the recycling of the cans and the bottles, a full container packet of, it says Sprout Organics Plant-Based Power Pack. <laughs> what do you think it is? It says it is a super blend mixed with organic strawberry, banana, and butternut squash. Now why is it a super blend? I mean, those just sound like your average standard fruits and vegetables. But I guess we've come to the point where something that has fruits and vegetables in it is a super blend power pack. And the highly processed stuff is just normal. It's probably been in this little packet for a while. I don't know, at least a year. Sitting in plastic in a year. I wouldn't want to eat that if I could possibly get like a fresh squash or something. Okay, so I'm by the scrap metal dumpster and one of the things that I often see come through here, pots and pans. Especially the pots and pans, the pans that have some sort of like non-stick coating or something. Every day those are chucked in. Totally solid. Just that coating has been scratched. Of course the coating's gonna scratch. How do places keep selling these things? Cheap, 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 I guess. Another thing that comes through are these garbage cans. Like, like square, maybe stainless steel on the outside and a plastic thing on the inside with a foot lever that you press and then the top pops open. Yeah. Internally there's some plastic there that springs and levers and rods that break and so people throw out this whole things all the time. I mean like a five gallon bucket or just a any kind of garbage can would work. Doohickeys, I'm telling you, we love doohickeys. Oh, here's another drink. This one says green cola. Ingredients, carbonated water, caramel color, tartaric acid, malic acid, blah, blah. Green? All right, I'm back on my route, picking up trash. Just thinking about how as long as we want to live the lifestyle of imperialists, we're going to have to fight wars of empire. As long as we want more than our share of things, we're going to have to go kill people to take theirs. Okay, here's one of the biggest modern day lies of all. I'm riding up the rail trail and by the truck fixing place by the cement plant by Hatfield Street. There's a couple of tractor trailer trailers and one of them says, Amazon is blue 
with a white arrow and it says Amazon on it. And Amazon is actually, to the best of my knowledge, a river in South America and a region and like a rainforest and the jungle, kind of the, or at least it was, kind of the antithesis of consumer products that come in one of those trucks. Okay, here's another one. I've seen these trailers around, bike trailers around that say pedal people. You know, the people riding them, they're not like made out of pedals. They're just like average people made out of flesh and bones. Pedal people. Okay, here's another one. The trucks and the barrels that say USA Recycling. I was told that they haul about three hundred tons of trash a day out of Valley Recycling. A bunch of it goes down to Agawam, I think, where it gets transferred to rail to be hauled to someone else's neighborhood. Valley Recycling, that's a whole nother thing. At some point, the word recycling is gonna, well, you know, it's so overused. Recycling, well, that's a tiny bit. Of, that's a tiny bit of what they do. And, well, even that. <clears throat> You're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. I'm Ruthie Woodring. Thanks for listening today. Now we have a word from Demi Lovato and Joe Jonas. Butterflies' wings will set off a storm. The world away. What if they're right in the smallest of things could power the strongest hurricane? What if it all begins inside? We hold the key that turns the tide.
That sure was a feel-good song. <laughs> Throw a pebble in the water and then just keep on throwing things. Um, you're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. Next on Out There, I have an interview with Satish. So Satish was a Warm Showers guest. Warm Showers is uh, online, like basically couch surfing for a traveling cyclist. So when you sign up, you can host cyclists or you, if you're a traveling cyclist, you can find hosts. It's great. I think my household has been members for about 16 or 17 or 18 years, something like that. So it's Friday night, August 11th, 2023. I'm here with Satish. Satish, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, uh... My name is Satish Bangal, and I just uh, needed to get out of New York City, so I hopped on my folding bike and making my way to Boston. I'm, I grew up in India, and uh, I've just always used bikes to get around, and uh, at least the folding bike, I can always put it on a train if I decide I can't do anymore. And so wait, you biked like straight out of the city, or did you take the train to like to get a little bit further out? I, I started uh, from the city, from uh, you know Lower Manhattan, and... Uh, is the bike trail that's now the Empire State Trail. And then I took that for about 30 miles and then I had to cut across to Connecticut, which was my first warm showers stay ever, which uh, uh, as you know, your uh, listeners might know, warm showers just people like yourselves that open up uh, uh, a place to stay for fellow cycle uh, travelers. Wait, so that trail, the Empire Trail goes for 30 miles out of Manhattan? You can just be on a trail like that far? Uh, oh, you can go more. It goes it goes all along the Hudson, almost to Albany, which uh, oh. my little... Uh, and then from Albany, you can go to Buffalo, and then it's kind of more on street if you stay, if you keep heading north. Oh. So it's it's a new Empire State Trail that they've actually just put together. Wow. So, so you... 750 miles, I think. You took that partway, then you cut into Connecticut, then you took the Farmington River Trail, or...? Yes, yeah, so then... Uh, 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 to another day in Connecticut where I managed to get stuck in the rain. I was like, okay, good. I've, I haven't forgotten how to keep cycling in the rain. <laughs> and then uh, and then my host there told me, suggested that I come to Northampton because I was you know, aiming for a friend in Northern Mass, but I hadn't really decided which way. And then this was, and then this was great because then I was on bike trails, I think, for half, uh, half of today, starting with the Farmington in Connecticut and then a couple more, I forget their names, and, you know, the, right on the border in Massachusetts. And yeah, up. all part yeah. of the whole Northampton to New Haven, Northampton, New Haven Canal Trail. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were telling me about the city bike, about the bike share in New York City, about rebalancing the bikes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the uh, so New York now has more city bikes than yellow cabs. So there's like, I don't know, 15,000 or something. And they've gotten very popular, and they got taken over by Lyft. And one of the things Lyft did was to actually stop having dedicated people move the bikes around. Um, 
but instead they've incentivized just members doing it. Could you back up a little bit and just explain for people who aren't familiar how a bike share works? What, do, what does that mean? Like move, why move the bikes around or balance them? Yeah. So there's a few different models, but uh, uh, in the kind where you have fixed docks every few blocks, uh, then you know people might take a bike, uh, might take all the bikes from one and then uh, you'll end up with docks where there's too many bikes and docks where there aren't any. So especially if it's like like in Washington D.C., people will ride the bikes downhill and then take the metro back uphill. <laughs> okay, yeah. So luckily, New York's fairly flat. So and New York, I think, learned from the lessons of a bunch of other places. So there's literally every two or three blocks you'll find a dock, uh, and you know, very dense. So uh, so now you actually get points for moving bikes around, and you know, you'll either get one or two or three points depending on how empty or full it is uh, both to remove and to and to put in an empty dock and uh, and basically lift is clever so if you do it once they'll say do it three more times and we'll double the points and <laughs> so you can you know you could get up to as much as 24 points in just one iteration and that 24 points uh, is actually worth initially one week's extension of your membership up to a month. So if you do that four times, you've extended your membership by a month. So it's it's two hundred dollars a year, but you can just keep extending it. And the two hundred dollars gets you you know unlimited forty five minute rides at a time. So uh, so then uh, if you do that, and then once you cross, and then you get lift credit for about twenty five dollars, and then once you cross two hundred points, you actually start earning a dollar seventy for every ten points. <laughs> and you know I just try to make my Netflix subscription. I got you know sixty dollars last month from, and I'll make it uh, I'll make it part of my workout. So you know and so I figured out if I spend about forty forty minutes to an hour, you know I can make about five six dollars or so. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how does this work? Do you have like an app on your phone that you're looking watching where the bikes are and which bikes need to go where? Do you just like walk up to a dock or what? Yeah, it's uh, it's just as you know the you'll have a map and it shows you where uh, bikes need to be removed from and then you try to optimize you find the shortest distance where you can maximize your points so um, you'll you'll look on your phone, on a phone. it's the city bike then, app which okay. shows you the one you would normally use just to find a bike and okay. then it's just another layer on top of that okay and so then you'll walk bike take the subway whatever get to a dock that's full and then yeah and bike uh, to a dock that's, that's got space, yeah, and then walk or find your way to the next or dock. Jog to the next job, one to job. make it a workout. Yeah, and uh, and because it's so dense, yeah, you know, you'll find one pretty close to where you are. So, and then there's there's one guy actually who comes in. <laughs> there was an article about him. He he comes in from from Jersey, and he uh, uh, I think I forget his initials. Whether it was J I or whatever, you know, it's like your name. <laughs> and I was like. Who's this guy? You know, JAI one two three four. Who's, who's always has like several thousand points, and, <laughs> and he basically spends all day doing this, and and has been, you know, I think earning a couple of thousand dollars a month doing this. Which, you know, it's not, it's it's not high wages, but you're being paid to ride a bike around and get a workout. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, that's I think that's the the real bonus there. Wow. Mm. What about the Food to go. Oh that? yes, so so now I like to combine this with Too Good to Go, which is an app that's uh, basically it's an idea that came out of Europe. It's been there for a few years, and it came to America, I guess, two three years ago. And it's part of the dealing with end of the day food and restaurants uh, ecosystem, where you know obviously some of that ends up as just charity, food banks, things like that. But here, so it's restaurants where you pay five dollars for a mystery 
bag of food that's supposed to be worth you know uh, up to basically fifteen dollars. So you get you're paying one third of the cost for whatever's left at the end of the day, and you know and there's a lot of bakeries on it, pizza places, and also you know there's like uh, time falafel which I really like. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot of good stuff on it, and uh, and it's just a, a fun way. And to me, I also like the the surprise element. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, and it works well. So what I find that is, uh, you know, I spend forty five minutes getting a workout, moving bikes around. You know, I know I have that five dollars credit coming, so then mm-hmm. I can notionally apply that to a too good to go meal. So I feel like I've you know cracked the system for <laughs> <laughs> how to eat in New York. <laughs> That's really cool. Do you wait? Can you, if it's a mystery bag, can you choose? vegetarian yeah so it'll tell you if places that are vegetarian so uh which is a definitely a smaller subset but uh uh you know but if you don't have that restriction then you know then there's really a whole lot of stuff yeah that's cool thanks for sharing yeah thanks satish satish uh warm showers guest you're listening to out there on valley free radio i'm ruthie woodring and uh stay tuned for democracy now Coming up at 5 o'clock. When you're walking along through a city or town And you hear a familiar whistle sound Sorry, <laughs> more technical difficulties. That's not really what I wanted to play. <laughs> Prepa- There's something about preparedness that, that I missed the lesson on. Anyway, so I should say that there will be bike lab tomorrow. Tomorrow being Saturday, August nineteenth, uh, I will be there at Twelve Northern Avenue. You want to learn to fix your bike? How to keep it tuned up so it's there for you when you need it? Or maybe you know already, but you just need to borrow a bike-specific tool that you don't have. Well, come to the Bike Lab. Almost every Saturday since 2004. From 11.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Here in Northampton at 12 Northern Avenue. Come with your bike or your questions. And your willing attitude. <laughs> Spare part scavenger hunt every weekend. Vengan al Bike Lab de Northampton, el taller de bicicleta. Aprende a arreglar tu bicicleta y a divertirte. All repairs guaranteed to the end of the driveway. Details are online at pedalpeople.coop. That's the Saturday Bike Lab at 12 Northern Avenue. They say freedom isn't free, but at the Bike Lab it is. Here's something else that I wanted to mention on Out There Today. A article that I read this week and a video that I saw. Uh, this is from The Shoestring. The Shoestring org. Recently, they released a video that was made public of a Northampton Police Department arrest from April 4th, 2023. And in the video, like around midnight on April 4th, Marisol Drewick, I'm not sure how to say her last name. She pulled out of the McDonald's parking lot on King Street. She's six, she was 60 years old and she just picked up a delivery to make through an online food ordering platform, and then she was pulled over going up King Street by a Northampton police officer. And in the video, you see the officer going up to her car, yanking her out of the car, throwing her on the ground, 
cussing her out, many things like that. There was a protest this past Sunday uh, in downtown Northampton in support of Marisol and asking for demanding accountability from the the police department. Um, We have these systems that are set up in a big way and essentially like like well one thing is like public safety and cars like it was a car with a broken headlight and why are there armed agents dealing with people who have broken headlights i don't really get it but on a more light-hearted note how about Mary Chapin Carpenter covering uh, Lucinda Williams' song. Shout it out to the night Give me what I 
Thanks for tuning in to Out There Today. Stay tuned for Democracy Now! coming up at 5 o'clock next. Oh, we have another rant from myself. I'm only capturing the sound, not the smell. I think the person running the weed whacker... You know, they got ear protection on. They have they don't really know how loud and annoying it is to all the other creatures in existence in the vicinity. When that thing's going, you can't smell the flowers, you can't hear the ducks, geese, crickets, cicadas, bees. The alternative I'm proposing is the scythe. But the scythe often isn't considered feasible because it doesn't get as close crop of a close cropped cut as the weed whacker and it can't get around fences and rocks and things like that as easily. And it takes more sharpening. Well, it's just something we're not taught how to do from a young age. And it's a lot about the standard that, some standard that, some standard that has developed in our culture that is unattainable without certain equipment. Kind of like how all houses have to have electricity and plumbing, even though there's alternatives. Well, maybe not really like that at all. But I'm just thinking about these cycles of how we get, we build, houses without thinking about solar heat or how the air is going to circulate for cooling like at night and so we build these houses buildings that are built where the windows can't even open so by design they're dependent upon electricity and air conditioning and artificial airflow whereas we have the know-how we've had the know-how for millennia to build buildings that capture heat and that flow air for coolness and now another thing that I'm facing now is that like living in a house without air conditioning, so we open our windows at night, but sometimes the lights, neighbors' lights, street lights shine in the window. People say, well, just close your curtain. Well, if you close the curtain, you can't get any air circulation. So then because of the lights, sometimes people end up closing their curtains and then it's so stuffy and they close the windows and turn on the air conditioning. <laughs> Whereas if there weren't those lights shining in, we could just keep our curtains open and have the fresh night breeze and night sounds and be more aware of who else we're sharing the night with. Amen. <laughs> You're listening to Out There on Valley Free Radio. I'm Ruthie Woodring. Oh, I should say that uh, in terms of mowing, siling, whacking, whatever, in our yard, 6 and 8 High Street, we started with no mow May, this May, and then in June I, I brought out the mower, the real mower, to make sure it was going to work real, you know, because it's on a reel. And Alex was like, um, I think we're going to have no no mow June too. And I said, oh, okay, great. And so we actually have not mowed our yard this year because Alex has gone out to scythe every, I don't know, two or three weeks maybe he'll take the scythe to it. And it makes me so happy. I love our yard the part that's grassy and not um, and that doesn't have other plants, vegetables, garden stuff in it. 
the little hangout grassy space. Like the, I feel like grass is maybe, I don't know, probably if you were to pull it out. I mean, when I say pull it out, it's like a head of hair with some of the hair flopped over a little bit. Maybe the grasses would be, I don't know, six or seven inches if you pull them up straight. But the variety of grass is some variety where it's, it doesn't even get that tall or that long. So it's a pretty comfortable length and density for walking on, hanging out on. So mowing does not necessarily have to have to have to it's always a choice so mowing doesn't even seem like we can still fit in with the neighbors somewhat and not even mow it's pretty cool thanks alex for scything so stay tuned for democracy now up at five o'clock evidence-based comes up at six civil politics at seven subculture eight to ten and table of contents friday nights from ten until noon you can find the schedule of Valley Free Radio shows at valleyfreeradio.org slash schedule. <laughs> so next I will play, well, here's Michael, jo Michael Jackson with Earth Song. sunrise what about rain what about all the things that you said we were to gain what about killing fields is there a time what about all the things that you said was yours and mine did you ever stop to notice all the blood we shed before Did you ever stop this notice This crying earth is weeping sure Children dead from war 